Welcome to Okra Stew and Rice, where we share stories of African immigrants and people of African descent throughout the diaspora through their food memories. So if this is your first time tuning in to Okra Stew and Rice, we usually start off the show with music that is inspired by our featured guests. And we just want you to kind of get into the mood and be inspired by the African diaspora. I am your host, Rebecca Frimpong. And welcome to another episode of Okra Stew and Rice. And I'm really excited today. We have um, a wonderful guest. And as I was telling you before, uh, we are going to be talking to people who are from different parts of the African diaspora. And I had the pleasure to go to Haiti in 2010. And it's just one of those places where it's just, at least for me, and I think a lot of people who visit, it's magical uh, in a lot of ways. The the resiliency of the people and how innovative a lot of the, the Haitian people are. And me personally, I've just had opportunity to, to experience so much creativity from the Haitian community. There's so many wonderful Haitian artists in Haiti and even here in the United States. So today um, we get a chance to talk to um, a wonderful woman who has a um, Haitian background. And I'll just go ahead and, and get into it and we'll have her introduce herself. But welcome to um, another episode of Okra Stew and Rice. Thanks for having me. My name is Nzinga Oniwosan. I am a first-generation Haitian-American, um, and I am a multidisciplinary artist, uh, chef, yoga teacher, and entrepreneur. And I actually have, a co- I'm a co-founder for a co-working space in Haiti, so I've been living both here in the States and now Haiti for the past two, th- two to three years. Oh, wow. And I, I would love to hear about the co-working space um, that you're working on in Haiti before we really get into some of your food memories from Haiti. That sounds amazing. If you could tell us more about that. So, yes, we're Impact Hub Port-au-Prince, and um, we wanted to, our team of co-founders wanted to create change in Haiti. And so the catalyst, I would say, was the earthquake. And we were working separately on different initiatives in regards to supporting the country. And eventually all collided and felt like a co-working space. And eventually we planned to have a multi-level center as well. Uh, But our first phase is a co-working space would be really great. We're an impact hub because the focus of an impact hub as opposed to like a WeWork or other franchises that are out there is focuses on social entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs focus on helping the communities or solving a problem by way of the business that they have where other people might be solving a problem but it's really focused on also a profit margin that's not necessarily the goal of a social entrepreneur and so we've been open now for two years uh, we've been doing activities for for over three years now wow. um, including um 
Port-au-Prince Startup Week, which has been super amazing. Nice. Uh, when we first did it, we had maybe a hundred people show up four years ago. Oh wow! And this year, last year we had twelve hundred people. Are you serious? <laughs> wow! <laughs> no lie, like we're still in awe of our growth. Wow! Um, and so it's been an amazing journey. Like people know me now, and on island when I come in, like hey Zinga, how are you? Yeah. Um. And I feel like we're doing some some awesome ish. Uh, we've worked with Google. We got funding last year from Facebook. Oh, great! To do an incubator for our entrepreneurs on the island. And most recently, the U.S. Embassy has us running a program called Academy for Women Entrepreneurs, where we're focused on women in entrepreneurship. So I'm getting ready to do a virtual pitch with them to end that program this month. Oh, nice. So it, it's been really good. Um, I always knew I wanted to do something. And I feel like when you're on your path, the universe will conspire for you because in other projects, I didn't have the same type of like, oh, really? Okay, we're going to give you the things you need to make this happen. So it's definitely been a affirming journey and it's really good to, to feel like you're doing something and then the people who you want to help tell you that you've helped them and helped to improve their lives. Yeah. So and, and and I feel like that's a great project for for Haiti. Um because when I was there in 2010, I mean the young people that I met, the old people that I met, they all were so um innovative. They had they were like, you know what? The earthquake is hit, but I know I can do this and I'm gonna start doing this for my community. Um there was a principal who was running a school uh, that was next to where we were staying. Um, actually, we stayed in the, in his office in the school like for one day. Um, just made little beds on the floor, and he was like, "I know the kids in this community don't have things, and this earthquake has made it worse. So we're gonna feed them here. We're gonna bring them here. We're gonna turn." our little uh, meeting place that we usually have in the school for events and conferences, we're going to have that be a place they can come and get breakfast and food. So, you know, people were just, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's natural, you know? Um, and I think it might just come from the history of, of the Haitian people, um, being the, the pioneers and the, the African diaspora, uh, spirit of revolutionizing things and um, and breaking free of uh, colonialism, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, Very intense other story. Yeah, and um, and it's you know, but it's but it's still, you know, I was gonna go back this year, literally making plans to go in February. Um, with oh. yeah, with a with a friend of mine and. And then we were like, well, let's push it to March. Let's give ourselves more time and push it to March. And and then, you know, and this COVID uh, outbreak happened. So um, I'm looking forward to being able to go back um, as soon as I can. It's been it's been a decade. <laughs> uh-huh. well, so hopefully we'll collide on the island. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 I, I think it's there's so much there. And I felt 
um, I felt home when I was in in Haiti um, on, a, on a very different level. Uh, not to give too much background about myself because I want to hear more about what you're doing, but my family is from Santo Domingo, um, which is on the other side of the island. Uh, we're not, not too far from the Haitian border, though. And um, we we do have a lot of roots on that island, my family does. Uh, we left, our family left in 1789 when the Spaniards were coming. So um, the, the, the ethnic background of my family is more uh, connected to the indigenous people of the island. Um, okay. And so I think that's why when I got there, I was like, this feels very... <laughs> home like very familiar so um you know it, it was wonderful and I'm I'm glad that I've I've gotten to go there and I'm, I'm glad that I've got to experience Haitian culture and one of the things that's wonderful about your culture is the food <laughs> so yeah. so yeah let's let's get into the food I mean your background is so are you 100% um vegan or vegetarian I'm 100% vegan. Okay. Which always shows up like, how are you Haitian and vegan? <laughs> well, I was going to say there's a wonderful rice dish that I I had no idea. I mean, it's pretty vegan. The the black it's rice with the... rice? The black rice? Yeah. Yeah, it's vegan unless, you know, sometimes people add things like shrimp and stuff to like to it, but it's not necessary. It's made with... um. Jonjon, which is a mushroom indigenous to Haiti, and they dry the mushroom. And to prepare the rice, you actually rehydrate the mushroom, and you don't cook with the mushroom. You actually cook with the liquid from the dried mushroom. Oh wow! And so that's how you get the flavor and also the coloring, um, because it, some people call it Haitian black rice. For those of you who are listening, um, super delicious. I'm actually working on like it's so good John John vegan cheese. <laughs> I don't know about the cheese, but the rice is good. I haven't had yeah, the rice is cheese. Good. I'm working on like a, a recipe, like a vegan recipe kind of deal with that. That's 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 one of my favorite dishes because you can eat it with anything. It's so it's so good, and um, it's so good. I was and sometimes we sorry sometimes we even make it with. Um, cornmeal, like a polenta mm. with the jonjon, which is super good, but not everyone has tasted that. That's like what was like something I loved growing up. Yeah, I mean, and even see, that gets back to the, innov- the innovative uh, spirit of Haitian people. Like, who thinks of that? Who thinks of like <laughs> the mushroom and the flavor? Like, like that's that's some kind of like. Genius. Yeah, I need to look into the history of Jojo Rice. Like, how did that happen? Like, so, like, my partner is yeah. always listening to me and say, like, I'm like, well, who was the first person to decide I'm going to try an egg and make it a scrambled egg? Like, this is yeah. one of the things that I, like, look at a piece of food uh, or a piece of fruit or vegetable and be like, I just don't see, I want to I want to go back in time and visit that first <laughs> some of these dishes though really show you the intelligence of the people you know yes. like cause there's a moment where they obviously were trying to survive or either feed a lot of people but then they wanted something tasty then they were like I want to experiment then they have like a level of, of understanding of chemistry 
of how different, you know, um, cooking methods exactly. are. It's just like, wow. So, exactly. so kind of getting into that, the stories that are within the food that we eat. Um, and you know, you were, you're saying like, so you're first generation. So were you, bo- were you born in Haiti or were you born here? I mean, born in the United States. I, I was born here in okay. America. Okay. Um, uh, less than a, my mom may have been in America for a year. Okay. And my dad, maybe two years. And I was raised in a very Haitian, Haitian household. I think the only thing that made our experience nuanced was the fact that I was seven day at Venice. Okay. And thus we didn't eat every Haitian dish because they were on the no list of restrictions. Right. Um, seven day Adventism, they preach vegetarianism or veganism as well. Or, and if you don't do that, you have to maintain a kosher diet at minimum. Yeah. And so that meant no pork. Yeah, no, no pork crab, dishes. No lobster. So, like, one of our go-to dishes or, like, signature dishes I've never had. And people question my Haitian. <laughs> Haitianness because I've never had griot, which is this fried pork dish. Yeah, I know that um, dish. That. I avoided that dish because I don't eat pork. I said I avoided that dish when I was in the Haiti because I don't eat pork. But so see, it was still, like, when people went to Haiti, I literally just did a food demo for a virtual bonfire to okay. celebrate Agriculture Day. It, yeah, yesterday this is Haitian Heritage Month, but in Haiti it's Agricultural Month, and yesterday the, it was the like, Agricultural Day. Yeah, so I did this whole dish, and then I was talking about health. And so they were like, well, I like to eat griot and da 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 And I was just like, honestly, griot isn't the healthiest thing for you to eat. And I can't clean that up. <laughs> you know, and everyone was looking at me like, don't you take griot away. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing where I remember my grand, one of my grandmothers, my great-grandmother, she was very old when she passed away. She was like almost a hundred. She's ninety nine, and they were like, "Yo, what was her secret? How do you think Nana stayed so young?" And my mom was like, "Bacon, pig fat." And I was like, "I don't think so." I was like, "I think he just wanted an excuse to get a bacon sandwich." And she was like, "I do." <laughs> and I was like, that's not. That's not it. So. Um, so yeah, so what's one of the dishes that, um, that you really feel, you know, like you love to make, you feel connected to, I know you were telling me about it earlier, if you could share that with our audience. I would say it's soup jumu, which is, um, our independence day soup, um, also known as our pumpkin soup. It's, it's a tradition, um, in every Haitian household to have soup jumu on January 1st. And as a child, I just thought, you know, it was the tradition that we would have because it's the beginning of the year. But as I grew older and was able to explore a little bit more, uh, one, January 1st is Haitian Independence Day. And two, it was the first act after we gained our independence in 1804. Mm. So the pumpkin soup was a French delicacy that the slaves were allowed to make for their French enslavers, 
but they weren't allowed to have. Wow. So when Jean-Jacques Dessalines declared our independence, he said, "Go, let's make that soup. <laughs> and let's eat it. And let's eat it. Wow. And so here we are 200 plus years later, and it's, you, you cannot, you cannot go without having soup within that first week. Like, you know, even if you don't make soup, you go to someone's house that you make soup. So when we make soup, it's not like a little tiny pot. It's like this big, big, like, I don't, I, I don't, it's, most people don't even have these pots, right? But it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> the average person who's just doing cooking for themselves wouldn't have this pot. But you make this big pot of soup because you know that you're not only going to serve your family, you're also going to serve your friends mm-hmm. who may come by, um, as as well as extended family members who may swing by because they know you make the bomb soup. Yeah. And in my case, I make a vegan version of the soup, so then yeah. everyone can have it. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was really great for me to veganize that dish um, because there was a period of time I felt left out. Sometimes they would make me a vegan version, and other times they wouldn't. Right. And so. Um, for me to be able to now host my own January 1st come by made soup, it's been really awesome because it, it makes me feel like an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of times, like, first gens, like myself, there are certain dishes that we don't learn how to cook. Yeah. We just, yeah. We just eat it, you know? Yeah. Um, and we leave that up to our grandmothers and our aunts and our mothers. But there's, like, this point where I feel like you have to pivot you gotta learn that you need to make it too so that was one of those dishes for me that I didn't because it was only made once a year I didn't have to learn it or I never requested to learn it in part because the the wake up time was just ridiculous (laughs) Um, just literally like they would wake up at like five six o'clock in the morning and so by the time you wake up the soup is done yeah at least in my household I don't know if everyone runs things like that but I definitely come from a household like Thanksgiving meal is done by 10 o'clock in the morning which means my mom will wake me up at four five o'clock in the morning to start yeah some um, people do that just some people do that (laughs) and I I look at them like all right I'm gonna go back to sleep I'll see you in the afternoon don't eat everything you know what I didn't have that (laughs) as an option um I didn't get a sister until I was an adult I was 22 years old when my dad gave me dinner. And so in Haitian culture, um, my parents were staying true. My family was staying true to this, like, if you're a woman, you need to learn how to cook. And as the only girl, <laughs> sleeping in was not, like, I, I, how I declared my independence from the kitchen um, was <laughs> when I became vegan, I told them I'm no longer cooking meat. <laughs> kitchen and cook (laughs) (laughs) you know particularly because we were seven at venice we don't cook 
on Saturday for the Sabbath, yeah. we prepare our meals that Friday before the sunset. And again, because okay. I was the only girl, and there's definitely like a bias in terms of like who's going to cook. Yeah, I would have to be the person to help make the Sabbath meal or make the Sabbath meal. So yeah. when I declared that I no longer touched flesh. So, so can you briefly tell us, like, how do you how do you make this? Is is it considered a soup? It is a soup. How do you so, make this soup? So, um, we use a pumpkin, um, or a squash. So it's not to be mistaken with um, the pumpkin that you see during October Halloween season. And we cook that down. Um, then we add things, a lot of roots to this dish. So while that is cooking, if you're making meat, you've marinated your meat. Um, and then you're like frying or cooking that meat down and then you add water. But then you add like, um, you add uh, carrots, celery, you add potatoes, you add cloves, scotch bonnet, we add noodles to it, and then what we eventually do to thicken it up is we puree that that squash. We Once it's like cooked down, we put it in the um, blender with water and blend it down, and we pour it into the The mix. Pot. Okay. Yeah. And then you let it cook down. I, what I can do is share the link from my website. Okay, yeah, tell us about tell us about your website. So my website, here we go, drum roll, is just maybe I like your rod Um it's a space where I share a lot of my vegan dishes, um, particularly what people like or like the people who are Haitian like the fact that I veganize a lot of Haitian dishes, so I have stuff like that on there. Um, but it's a health and wellness site, so there's other information about how you can heal your body through different modalities outside of just nutrition, through yoga, through self-care, um, and much more. So on that website, you can find that recipe as well as other recipes because it's um, Haitian Heritage Month. Yeah. I'm actually posting a ton of new vegan Haitian recipes on the site. Okay, great. Um, so yeah. I have... I have that coming, so that that could help. So a lot of times people think that you can't eat things if it doesn't have meat in it. Like my brother in Haiti, when I have certain dishes, because I take out the meat, he's like, oh my God, it's disgusting. I'm like... So that's great. I mean, one thing that we do with okra stew and rice uh, that's a little bit different on our podcast is we don't want our guests to share any of their secrets to the recipes because I know some of these these recipes have have uh you know secrets that that they cherish <laughs> but what we do but what what I am going to do is I'm going to try to make the okra stew and rice version of the recipe that you've shared with our audience today and awesome. and it's gonna what I try to do is make make it so that they can make it quickly because a lot of uh, a lot of the meals oh, is not quick take a long time now when i say quick it might not be like 10 minutes <laughs> definitely not gonna be 10 no, minutes I mean, like that dish, but it's, it's a solid hour yeah 
So, and, but, you know, for some, some of these dishes, an hour is the shortened version. <laughs> and when I say an hour, that's like me not including the cutting, the chopping, the... The prep. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and, and just have something that's kind of like a fun um, play and kind of nod to the recipe that you share today and, and to, to Haitian heritage might even include some other dishes that we spoke about today um, in our recipe. And so we'll have it available on our website. We have a website blog that'll be going up and it'll have these different recipes and be linked to each episode. So I just wanted to thank you so much for joining us today and in, in sharing um, the memories and, and the different foods, um, you know, from 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 your Haitian uh, background. And I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm gonna try to make this soup. I'm gonna try to make it. Um, Tell me how it goes. <laughs> can I you get the? And they really love it. Can you get the, the the mushrooms for the Haitian black rice in the states? So so I you can in South Florida. Okay. Maybe Philly. There's a lot of Haitians in Philly. Yeah. I I actually was planning to sell it on my website. And I was yeah. in the middle of getting a good source in Haiti to bring it in. Yeah. Um, if you need it, I probably can go to a local, like, Caribbean store to get it for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Because it, it's not that easy to get outside of, like, a New York where there's lots of Haitians or, like, a South Florida. You know? Okay. Okay. But it might be in Philly, and I'm close to Philly, so I might be able to to make yes, that happen. Yes, I say there are a lot of Haitians in Philly, so okay. you might be able to get some John John. Okay. There. All right. It even sounds like a Philly slang word. We say John in Philly. You'd be like, you know, give me that John John. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, but yeah, so that's great. So we're looking forward to sharing all this information about your website and where people can learn to make a vegan version of Haitian dishes and also other great vegan recipes. And, you know, we're just, we're just really uh, glad that you were able to join us today and, you know, and share um, a little bit of your memories through the food that you know um, from your culture. And I, and I think like, this is the awesome thing about it. This is why I also wanted to include those within the diaspora, you know, include the Caribbean as well, um, because you're you're see the similarities in in the dishes um, in certain regions of of Africa, and then within the Caribbean and the influences that come from there. Um, and as I was, you know, talking about the the premise of our podcast and of this series, you know, is to share these these untold stories connected to untold recipes you know many people know the story of of mexican immigrants and they celebrate mexican food um and and it's it's almost to the point where it's like yeah i know what that is you know you can go to china and people know what a taco is um and so it would be great if people could know different rice dishes um and be able to to be like yeah i know what that is i know what haitian black rice is and you know, you'd be somewhere in, in Wisconsin and you'd be like, oh, okay, you know, Haitian black rice, that's great. You know, um, or either different dishes that we make with beans and, 
the different dishes yeah. that you know that we make with root vegetables as well um and I, I think it's very natural for a lot of these dishes to be um vegan or a vegetarian um because they were in their origins a lot of them were made that way anyway so um again thank you so much for for joining us today um on okra stew and rice and this is really exciting it was a great combo <laughs> So again, thank you all for tuning in this week to Okra Stew and Rice. Thank you to our guests, Nzinga Owesiman. And make sure you check out our website. Our website is coming. It's going to be live May 23rd. Um, And you'll be able to visit our website and look at different recipes from the guests that have been featured on our podcast over this month and we're just so excited to continue to connect with you all and feel free to post some messages to the to the podcast let us know who you want us to talk to next if you want to share your story and our website will be a place for this as well so tune in um every sunday to okra stew and rice and also check out our website that is coming soon. It's going to be okrastewingrice.com. All right. See you soon. And thank you.